Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Self Love Show. Unless you're on the East Coast, which I am now, and it is afternoon. <laughs> um, I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so excited to introduce our guest today, Miss Charlsey Childers. <laughs> great job! Great job. <laughs> Um, and for all of you who are watching and listening at home, remember that you can find the self love show on Spotify or YouTube or Instagram, everywhere you are, the self love show probably is as well. And I will add those links in as we go. So let me just give you a little bit about what today's show is about. And we'll get into hearing all about Chelsea. Give me one second. All right. Allowing yourself to feel satisfied and fulfilled now. Does anybody else want that? One of the greatest forms of self-love is allowing ourselves to feel satisfied and fulfilled in the present moment rather than waiting to achieve a certain outcome or result until we feel that way. Oh yeah, totally. Self-love is about embracing and accepting ourselves as we are including our accomplishments, strengths, and limitations. It involves nurturing a positive and compassionate relationship with ourselves. And when we constantly strive for more without allowing ourselves to acknowledge and appreciate what we have already achieved, it can create a cycle of never feeling truly satisfied or fulfilled, which can lead to feelings of inadequacy, self-doubt, and perpetual need for external validation. Whereas when we allow ourselves to feel satisfied and fulfilled now, we enhance our self-worth and confidence, recognize that we are deserving of love, success, and happiness in the present moment, and give ourselves permission to fully embrace and enjoy our journey as big dreamers and high achievers. In today's show, Charlsey will share four ways, that's a lot of ways, we start cultivating satisfaction and fulfillment now. Charles, Charles C. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure, you know, I'm like, Charles, Charles C. Childers is a self-worth and confidence coach for big dreamers and high achievers looking to align with the fullness of who they are so that they can achieve the level of success and impact they deeply desire. She is also the host of seeing your inner brilliance podcast. And you can learn more in the links that I drop. So hi, I'm so happy to have you. And I'm so excited to talk. More oh, my goodness. Trish, thank you so much for having me. We are about to jam out. And I'm so excited. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're vibing right now. Um, you know, the, the thing that I love about this show is that we live in a culture that really kind of promotes and even rewards us for being overworkers or being hyper productive. And, and it's about this, this thing way out there instead of having a, an opportunity to actually find contentment. Mm. And, and there is, there's a trick to being content while moving forward. So I'm curious about, I'm just curious about, kind of your journey to self-love and, and this place of, of what is contentment and striving for? 
Yeah, such a beautiful question, Trish. And I mean, you really hit the nail on the head in a lot of aspects is that we are conditioned, indoctrinated, uh, programmed a lot of times from an early age to uh, for our value to come from our doing, especially if we are maybe natural visionaries, natural go-getters, natural, uh, just driven, ambitious people, right? Like we're already good at that stuff. And then when somebody comes behind us and celebrates us for that, then we can get in this pattern of thinking that, okay, I need to do in order to feel worthy, in order to feel valued. And that was exactly my journey. Um, I am the epitome of somebody who did not love myself for who I am and what I was doing, who I was being in that moment. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> it was all about when I get there, when I finish my master's, when I get married, when I have kids, you know, when I buy the house, when I do all of these things, then I will feel this way. Uh, another big one is when I start climbing the ladder that I had always dreamed of climbing the corporate ladder that is. And I, there was this moment, this very pivotal moment in my life after I had my son I was expected to go back to work like most of us are three months after. And I was just, I had this massive revelation, you know, my burning bush moment as Moses did of, I am not as happy. I am not as satisfied. I am not as fulfilled as I thought I was going to be. Like, sure, from the outside, everything looks so good, you know, and I was so, so grateful for it. I did really have a great life on the outside and so much to be grateful for. However, the disconnect that I felt inside to those things was undeniable. I knew that, let's say, building my career, I felt like it was going to be more fun. I felt like becoming a mom was going to be more fun. I just, you know, holding things on a pedestal, I for some reason convinced myself that once I do these things, I will feel I will magically feel a certain way. And as I started checking off those boxes, throughout my life, I built enough evidence and repeated enough patterns to be able to recognize and realize that things were not going as well as I thought they would go. So that pivotal moment right there really sparked this journey within myself to figure out what in the world was going on uh, and why I was feeling such a disconnect and an inner conflict. Absolutely. You know, I have a, I have a, a little story about this. Um, so I, I don't know if you see it, but I have a nose ring that's made of gold that I had bought long, 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 long time ago when I was kind of young in my 20s. Shh, don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I had, you know, I weighed about 180 pounds at this moment. And I had always been sort of teased for my weight by some boyfriends and things like that. It was just really tragic. But I, but I was like, okay, I bought this nose ring. I got my nose pierced when I moved to California. And I was like, something new. And, and I'm like, okay, when I weigh this thing that I'm, I, I'm supposed to weigh, then I will wear this nose ring and I held on to it for years. <laughs> I held on to it for years. And at some point, one of my friends looks at me and I was like, you know, I, I kind of like 
I never showed it to anyone. And I showed it to my friend and I was like, it's going to be when I, you know, like reach this thing so I can feel this certain way and I can adorn myself. And she looked at me and she's like, why not adorn yourself now? Mm. And I sat with that for another six months. <laughs> if you want to know. And I was like, well, why not? And, and I think that actually adorning myself as I was then was one of the pivotal pieces of me actually mm. accepting who I was to move forward in getting healthier. And that's when I started to get sober and um, I went celibate and I started to lose weight and I just became a, a more healthy, happy person because I was choosing now to adorn myself, not mm-hmm. some person or place or thing or, or goal in the, in the future that may or may not come to pass. Mm-hmm. So I'm really resonant with your, your journey to self-love. And, you know, so many people, including many gurus in the, the spiritual realm, like uh, Ram Das or even Alan Watts, they also have that moment. You know, they, they go to prestigious schools and they get the job and they do the thing and they're like, I did the things, but why am I not happy still? They told, they promised me happiness and success, but now, mm-hmm. so oh, I love this. So good. So good. You were alluding to so many powerful things and on an intellectual level, we may get this right. Uh, we may see how we're doing this, you know, but the actual, the dangers and what, how it's destroying who we are on the inside isn't from my experience, both personally and professionally, it's not always apparent, you know, you putting your nose ring on the shelf, which by the way, I have a nose ring as well. So totally vibing there. (laughs) Um, But you putting the nose ring on the shelf, for instance, me putting my masters on the, on the pedestal, for example, uh, from the surface and from the outside, those are really great things. Oftentimes we're encouraged to do that by a dress, by a certain outfit. So when you lose the weight, you can wear this outfit and you can look beautiful and pretty and, and all of these things. And so, oh my gosh, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. That's the traditional kind of mindset around that. Because in that moment, we are experiencing momentary motivation and hits of dopamine, and we're accessing that natural, innate, internal drive that's within us. However, I feel, from my experience, one of the dangers of that is that it's not sustainable. And maybe we don't recognize it in the moment of just how much we are crippling ourselves on the inside, how much we are relying on and depending on external circumstances and giving them more power than our own power within of loving ourselves and knowing who we are in this moment. It's really when we get to that point of when the dopamine wears off, when the the momentary motivation of wearing that there's a shift where it goes from a high to a 
why aren't you wearing that outfit by now? Why haven't you lost enough weight to get into those clothes? Why haven't you lost enough weight yet to wear that nose ring? Why, you know, why this? And so we start questioning, we start shaming, we start criticizing. And it's at that moment, just like for me, when I had that pivotal turning point of, of, what's going on? I thought I was going to be successful and satisfied and fulfilled because God bless you. That's what I was promised. But really, I had been denying those feelings within myself for maybe my entire life. But it wasn't until this big, the earth came out from under me, so to speak, that I realized it. And we don't have to get to that point of a low or realizing that something is wrong before we start shifting things. We can start shifting things now. And that's where our power is. Yes. Um, you might you might like what my definition of love is. Ooh, let's hear it. Um, so... All of these people have heard this before, <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll tell you the backstory this time. Um, you know, I've had, I grew up in a pretty kind of tumultuous childhood, a lot of moving, um, you know, grew up being taught to be a woman, you know, in this society and what that looks like. Um, also grew up in Montana, which is kind of tomboyish. And there's, you know, the social beauty standard that has a lot of weight on it. And growing up in in the way that we were taught that monogamy looks like, you know, love looks like control or self-abandonment, mm -hmm. martyrship. Mm -hmm. We also like, you know, taught monogamy is, you know, control and you you give everything and I am your North Star and this is, you know, um, up towards, you know, your, if you're heterosexual, up towards the man. And it took me a long time to really, really look at like, what is love? Like after multiple mm -hmm. failed relationships, after a, a wildly abusive relationship, I was like, what is, is this love? Is love really sacrifice of who I am? Is that what, is love this like overwhelming feeling of, of, of like passion and lust and obsession? And after reading, you know, a good grip of attachment theory books, it's not that it's actually a nervous system regulation when you feel that way that's called lust <laughs> and it's often a uh what would you call it a, a kind of a trauma bond right mm -hmm. and I was like man I have really got to sit back and and think about what love looks like mm -hmm. and I took in a lot of information around what does it mean to to love a child that comes out as gay what does it mean to love someone completely and holy and, and, and godly, right? What does it mean to love someone, to actually see them in front of your face and to not project who you think they are? Mm. It occurred to me that love is the radical acceptance of what is. Mm. Can I love you as you are with all of your stuff, like all of it? Like, I know that you're a human. You probably do all the icky human stuff, like all of it. You probably have anger <gasps> and sadness. <gasps> oh, God. <laughs> I bet you do all of the things. But can I stand in front of you right now and tomorrow 
and the next day and love you in mm -hmm. all of your crippling humanity. I mean, there's actions of love, like loving actions, but is that, how can I love you? And that is my, my definition, the radical acceptance of what is. I love that. I love that. And how I hear that is unconditional. You know, we say a lot of times, especially, you know, as parents to our kids, like, I love you unconditionally. However, we can express this. Yeah. Um, in an incorrect way, let's say a child does not behave in the way that we want them to in a restaurant. So we um, punish them for the behavior. You know, we do not work out five days a week, like we promised ourselves. And so now we are beating ourselves up. You know, it's these conditional things, whereas when we can get to this unconditional place, or as in you beautifully said, the radical acceptance of what is, you know, how can I, what does it look like to love you, even when your behavior may not be traditionally perceived of as the way we behave in a restaurant. How do I love myself when I did not live up to my expectations, when I thought something was going to make me happy or satisfied or fulfilled, and it isn't. It's not about shaming or blaming or criticizing or judging ourselves to get back to a certain point. It's about loving ourselves, accepting ourselves radically like you. I love that. I love that. I love that. So good. <laughs> and and you know the the truth about it is that the I mean if you want to keep a, a really bad habit you can resent it or resist it or shame it or judge it or whatever else it could be like that is like if you want to keep it that's the best way to keep it but if you want to get rid of it and you want to complete it you have to integrate that and you have to integrate it as you being you so that was a big lesson for me in a long, like on this path of self love is, you know, there were behaviors that I had learned to meet my needs, right? They were strategies to meet my needs. And I'd be like, why did I do that? Why would I have done that in my whole life? Like, I'm not that kind of person, but why would I have done that? And it was a strategy, purely just a strategy. And I had to really acknowledge where I learned it and that I'm still lovable. That yes, even the most heinous people you can think of deserve love. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that beautifully ties back to, you know, feeling so satisfied and fulfilled now. It's not, you know, needing a particular condition or to behave a certain way for a certain amount of time or to get somewhere in order to feel a certain way, to mm -hmm. feel love for ourselves, to feel that accept acceptance towards ourselves. You know, when we can kind of take a step back and really approach who we are, uh, yeah, then that's where the love is. That's where the satisfaction is. That's where the fulfillment is. Yes. There are some people who see me right now um, in my life. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to share something that I haven't shared yet. Ooh, let's uh, hear it. So not so long ago, I thought that I had cancer, liver cancer. 
Um, and when, when you're having a year long health battle, um, it kind of feels like you're dying that it, you kind of start and you think that you might have cancer and you might have, you, I'm like, Oh, well, I'm going to go. I put, there's a potential that I'm going to go through this thing. I'm not like putting it out in the universe, but I'm, I'm one of those people that plans for all of the things. Like I'm like, Oh, there's a potential here and here and here. Let's just do all of the things. Let's just plan for it so I can think it out. And then whatever happens, I at least have some plan that probably won't happen. Anyway. <laughs> you know, it just feels good to me. And but I, but I also reconciled my life. Like I got to accept what has happened, what it looks like now, what I have and haven't accomplished. And it gave me the freedom mm. to be satisfied with everything. Like I have a friend who's walking me around New York and they're like, you are just so delighted. And I'm like, by everything. I know it's fascinating because everything feels <laughs> And, you know, growing up in Montana, like never thinking that, that I would possibly even get out of Montana. And then being like, I am in New York City. I'm at Grand Central Station. Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> or, oh my God, I am meeting a new person that's a whole human being with a whole universe right in front of me. This is so exciting. You're like... There's just the little things in life, like when you can't eat certain things and then you're like, oh my God, this piece of gluten-free bread. <sighs> oh, <laughs> you know, and that really is where the satisfaction lives is like finding the joy in accepting that this moment is this moment and could be the last. Mm. It took all of my life to get here and mm. here. <laughs> I love so, that. I love that. Yeah. And I feel like it's not from my experience and how I coach my clients, this feeling of satisfaction. And like you're talking about finding satisfaction in the moment. It's not so much a conscious decision of, oh, I'm just choosing to feel satisfied right now. No, because that actually stacks and creates more resistance. And then now we're in a resistance loop and we create a self-fulfilling prophecy for ourselves. And so it's really a matter of for me, it's a matter of getting to that place within myself where I ultimately feel satisfied and I am truly, truly, truly connected to that deep inner knowing and that that worthiness, that unconditional love, the radical acceptance that we were talking about and getting to that place first. And then I can find or I can see the satisfaction of each and every moment, but I don't have to have certain conditions. The sun doesn't have to be shining in order for me to feel satisfied or excited right now. You know, uh, this, I don't know, we love technology, right? But sometimes it does not work the way that we want it to like, and it's not our best friend. We don't need the technology to work well in order to feel the satisfaction of us being on a live or whatever it is together. We don't need certain conditions to line up the way that we want to in order to feel a certain way. So I felt compelled to kind of add on to what you were saying with that. No, absolutely. You know, Oh God, I love this show so much. I just love this topic because <laughs> I mean, it really is like, 
how much time, okay, so I primarily work with men. And I work with men who are in C-suite positions. I work a lot with them. And what I find is that there's always some marker for worthiness. And I remind them, you are worthy of love, dignity, and respect just for waking up in this body in this lifetime, just for existing. And they look at me like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand how much society and kind of the social conditioning has really created this, this idea that we can't be loved unless. Mm-hmm. And we've all, you know, I mean, it's in school. We were taught to compete for love. Um, if you've had a big family, uh, there's just like lots of ways that we've learned to compete for it or to put it outside of self, mm-hmm. you know, um, you've got to be thin. You've got to be a certain skin tone. You've got to be this. You've got to be that. You have to have this much money in your bank account. You have to. And, and when I look around, you know, I, I had this really cool advantage because I, I grew up in in some really poor communities in in Montana. And I have made it, I've I've jumped a socioeconomic status, like I've I've jumped level. And when I get to sit back and I think about it, I'm like the way that we talk to ourselves and the way that we talk to each other is such a powerful place where we can actually change the world just by recognizing that you're worthy of love, dignity, and respect just for existing. And first I get to give it to myself. And the cool thing, and I, and you put, you hinted at it. The cool thing is that when you do it in here, when you accept yourself for the gnarly, awful, icky person that you are inside, like everybody else, there's eight and a half billion people on this planet, right? Just like everybody else that even the icky, trashiest part of you can be loved, that the world shifts in your brain and your perspective shifts. The way that you see the people in the world or items or things or whatever, it literally shifts. Mm. It becomes loving. Right? I mean, it becomes more loving. Absolutely. Absolutely. When we can get to the place where we truly know and believe that nothing inside of us and nothing outside of us has to change in order for, in order for us to feel validated, confident, fulfilled, valuable, important, significant, successful. If knowing that nothing has to change, do we love ourselves? When we wake up in the morning and a lot of times, I don't know about you, but my first thought in the morning is not necessarily a, a positive one. Like first I'm like, oh my gosh, it's 4.44 again and <laughs> my alarm's going off and I'm waking up or it's, oh, you know, that type of thing with no no makeup on, nothing. Like we're just in our raw selves in the morning. Can we love ourselves in that moment unconditionally? That's kind of what I'm referring to or alluding to here is that raw 
who you are as a person, your strengths, your failures, your mistakes, your the things that you naturally like about yourself, the things that you naturally, you know, find beautiful about yourself, just your accomplishments, like just everything, the rawness of who you are. Um, and I just the visual of when we first wake up in the morning. It's like exactly who we are in that moment. Can we love that person down to down to our core, down to our essence, the nitty gritty of us? Yeah. And that's really, okay, I'm going to rant. Do you mind? Rant, go Trish, go. <laughs> At least I asked for permission this time. <laughs> okay. So we're okay. There, there are, so I was just talking to this, uh, a, a sweet person that I met at a coffee shop recently about this exactly. Um, okay. I'm, I'm a sociologist at heart. I'm, I'm sure you picked up on that. Like I love social structure and how it impacts the individual. And I love to dissect how the individual impacts social structure. Cause it's so fascinating. And so we've come through many, many years, millennia, practically of, certain people being in power and telling us how to fit into society. So they have laws and then there's rules, right? And then there's social norms and social norms are things that we create in, in our like local communities, but also are, are like used like shame is used in this and guilt is, is used here. Like things like this is to, to shame us or guilt us into it's like slightly under the law, but it, it's how to conform to society. It's basically like social norms or how to conform to society so that you get the benefits of this society, right? Well, what that often does, the conformity pieces is, I mean, so again, well, privilege is one of the things is how well you get to conform to that society's rules based on some arbitrary whatever things that they've chosen for, for you to fit into. Now, the, the, the sad part of it is that there's so much more humanity. Like the human expression is, is pretty vast, but we've moralized a lot of bits of it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you take kind of the, the moral bad wrong piece out of it, like I'm a bad person because I watched porn once or whatever it could be. If you take the morality out of it and you really stop and look at what it was a strategy for, what did you, why, why why did you do that action? And to really look at your strategies for meeting your needs, then you get an opportunity to actually transform your life the way that you want it to be. And you don't, you know, so, so these social norms also kind of depress creativity, depress who, who like, there's probably certain expressions of who you are. Like I will never be a size two. Like it is just not in the cards. I don't want to be a size two. I like the thing that's happening in this body right now. Like it's good. It's good. You know? So, but, but the world tells me that I'm not wanted sexy or lovable because I'm not this size. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not this flexible, or I don't have this much money in my bank, or I mean, you whatever your insecurity is, you add it in. <laughs> why you can't be loved, and just think about who taught you that, mm-hmm. really, because I'm gonna guess that it's not your thought. 
It's not something inherently natural to you. Because if you were created in God's image, then God would is perfect. And I'm certain that that being loves you for all of your mistakes mm. and who you love and why you love and whatever is your fulfillment in the world. What is your kind, loving action? So and so good. So good. Oh my goodness. And one thing I would love to add on to it because it was such a huge, you mentioned God. So for me, I could not fully receive the love from a source higher and greater than me because I did not fully love myself. So could how could this all knowing vast magnificent source and power love me unconditionally when I didn't love myself. And once I realized that, okay, I am an extension. We are an extension of source of God. Then there is, it is not physically possible to separate the creation from the creator. If God is perfect, if God is loving, then we inherit, we inherit all of that. We inherit his kingdom. We inherit the abundance, the prosperity, the fulfillment, the satisfaction, the joy, everything that he created for us to feel in this world. And by us saying that I do not love myself because of this, I do not love myself because I'm not doing this or being that, then we're not only denying ourselves, but we're actually denying the very source that created us because we are saying that his creation is faulty, that it's messed up, that something is wrong with us, that or, that it's not good enough, that it's missing a key component of it. And once I really, just really sat with that and understood that and allowed myself to, for it to integrate throughout my whole entire body, you know, my thoughts and my beliefs and my feelings, then that really like, accept it, accept you, accept the fact that you are unconditionally loved, that you are loved for who you are. And know that that satisfaction and fulfillment and everything that we want that we put up here on a pedestal that is a marker that we have to get to, that if we can accept that, that was a big thing of of feeling satisfied and fulfilled right now and not needing anything else to change or be or happen in order for me to get there. Love it. Exactly. I, I love, yes, you cannot separate the creator from the creation because that's the, the, the thing. And that is, oh man, I could don't, I'll totally dive into this, but I'm, I'm going to try. <laughs> to um, it's like, how do you, how do you keep people separate and to, and to control them, you tell them and you teach them that they're separate from God and that you'll be punished mm -hmm. for humanity. And That's what we do with religion. <laughs> I know. It's a wrong. Just saying, just saying, just saying. <laughs> for, for control mechanism. It's, it's fantastic. Um, again, sociology, let's have a conversation later. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I have a sociology minor, by the way. Oh, I am oh. fully backed by psychology. So you and I could totally geek out. <laughs> um, there's, you know, there, there's just like this way of, of recognizing that 
you know, th- there's a lot of like cliche sayings like follow your bliss and um, um, you are the divine. And, and I didn't quite understand them until I really started to look at my self-love journey. I really didn't actually quite get that it was about seeing all of my, I'm going to use this word in quotes, faults or any things that, you know, were unlovable were actually just what made me unique. And what made me special is these really sweet moments of like my humanness. It's purely human to have these. Oh, well, would you like to share those four ways? Yes, absolutely. Let me riff. Let me, let me geek out. All right. So I coach a lot of big dreamers and high achievers, the natural ambitious ones in this world, the natural ones who have desires and feel called to do a certain thing. And so when it comes to feeling satisfied and fulfilled now, I've identified four ways for us to actually do this and to check in with ourselves. And these are things I shared with you earlier about my journey of, I had this very pivotal point when I was expected to go back to corporate. And I had this realization that I wasn't as happy, fulfilled and successful as I thought, or I didn't feel that way as I thought I was going to be. And so over the course of the next about three years, I was on an inner journey of unpacking that and getting to this place that Trish and I have been talking about of radical self-acceptance and unconditional self-love. And so I've identified four ways Now, there are more, yes. However, I am, when it comes to speaking, I love to be practical. And what does this look like in my life? So the first thing that I really encourage you to check in with yourself on is how do you feel overall with life? Because if we can know and adopt the premise that how we feel now is how we are going to feel then, then we can really do an analysis and an inventory on if this is all, if this is it, if this is how I'm going to feel when I achieve my goal, when I finish my degree, when I become, you know, when I lose weight, when I do all of these things, is that where we want to be? Because if it's not, then it's a great opportunity for us to go in and unpack to discover and be honest with ourselves. Why am I not satisfied? Why am I not fulfilled? Why am I not loving my life? And why am I not loving myself in my life right now? And that kind of brings me to the second point is when it comes to the process, the journey of you know, getting somewhere of being the person we want to be, of achieving the thing that we want, of bringing our dreams into fruition. When it when it comes to this journey and this process, how do we feel about the process? Because for example, when I was getting to my, when I was working on my master's, looking back, I can say that the process, I couldn't wait for it to be over. I would show up early and leave as soon as I could. I would, you know, finish my tests as soon as I could. I would write my essays. I would do all of the things that I needed to do because it was like, okay, 
two more years, a year and a half, a year left, you know, and it was like always on, on countdown. And so when it comes to the process, like as an entrepreneur and a coach, you know, in getting to my own dream and desires, when I was early on, it was at this place of being resentful. And why can't I already be there? Why can't I already arrive? Why can't I already like feel rich and prosperous and, and like a millionaire, you know what I mean? Like, why can't I already, why can't I already experience those things? And so this by just evaluating how you feel about the process. Do you feel like your dream is a burden? Do you feel like where you are is wrong? Do you feel like the things that you're doing are wrong and you need to do other things? It's just a great opportunity for us to check in with ourselves and through that self-awareness, be able to figure out, well, how can I love the process? How can I enjoy where I am in this moment? What's going on here? But it starts with us being honest with ourselves and looking within. So the, the first way, let's recap. The first way is how do you feel overall about life? If knowing that how you feel now is going to be how you feel about yourself and your life, then is that really how you want to feel? Or is there opportunity to kind of up your up your game, so to speak, in that area? The second one is about the process and the journey. How do you feel about where you are now? Do you feel like it's wrong? Do you feel like you're behind? Do you feel like you're not good enough? Do you feel like this needs to happen in order to feel a certain way? And then the way, the third way that you can feel satisfied and fulfilled now is by checking in with yourself and asking, how connected do I, do I feel to literally every single thing that I'm doing, whether it's being with your kids and playing with your kids? Do you feel connected in that moment when you're throwing a football or playing Barbies? When it comes to like my clients, when it comes to them working on the minutia of going after their goals, how connected do they feel? do they feel to building that website to writing the social media post because so often it we can get to this into the space of i don't like this i don't like this i don't want to be doing it i'm not good at it let's just skip to the next thing skip to the next thing and so what that does is it prolongs that set and delays that satisfaction and fulfillment. But when we can truly feel connected to every single thing that we do, every single thing that we eat, the words that we say, who we're spending time with, just how we're showing up in our lives, woo! the satisfaction and fulfillment from that is so, so big. And then the next checking point and the next way that you could feel satisfied and fulfilled now is looking at the moves that you're making, the decisions that you're making, the, the actions that you're taking. Why are you doing those things? Is it because you feel called to do them? Is it because they are truly aligned for your life and because you're truly being the person you want to be? Or are you making those moves and and taking those steps because you feel like it's going to get you somewhere? Because if you feel like you're going to feel better about yourself on the other side. And so when we can really allow ourselves to reflect 
and just bring expand our awareness around these four areas, then there is so much satisfaction and fulfillment that is available to us here and now. But the first step with everything is about self-awareness and becoming aware and being honest with yourself and being able to love yourself enough through this internal objectivity and neutrality so that you can see your life through this objective and neutral lens in order to make the changes. But so often we just make changes, do, 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 hustle, 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 thinking that this nice little shiny box is going to be available to us at the end and that satisfaction and fulfillment is just going to, you know, pop out like Jack in the box. (laughs) But just like with me, oftentimes when we get there, it does not work out that way, unfortunately, unfortunately. And so those are four ways that I really encourage you to, uh, yeah, just take a self-inventory. Ask yourself those questions. How do you feel about life from a general standpoint right now? How do you feel about the process or the journey, whether your journey is a weight loss journey, whether it's a a career journey, whether it's building your dreams journey, whatever your journey is, how do you feel about that journey? Do you feel wrong for where you are? Do you resent it? Do you feel ashamed? You know, what are those little things hiding under the surface? And then the third thing is how connected do you feel to everything that you do? How how connected do you feel to life? How connected do you feel to yourself? And is it rooted in this place of self-love? Because that's what that's what it is. You know, for me, admittedly, there have been times when I've been playing with my kids and I haven't been present. I've been thinking about my to-do list or what what is coming up or what I'm going to do do next. And I haven't really allowed myself to be present and fully connected in the moment. And so not only am I offering my, I'm not only not offering my kids unconditional love for who they are and bringing the fullness of who I am into that moment, but I'm also not showing unconditional self-love to myself because, you know, my head is all over the place. And then the fourth one is the actions that you're taking, the moves that you're making, why are you doing them? Is it for the sake of getting somewhere? Is it for the sake of how you're going to feel when you arrive? Or is it from this aligned, rooted in loved, backed by the fullness and your energy and your authenticity of who you are? So yeah, those are the four ways. Trish, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I was just just waiting. <laughs> um, I don't want to bring you on too early because you might have more to say. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Oh, you know, and I, I love the four ways and I love simplicity in, in this sense. I mean, simplicity, but there's a lot of work there. Right, right, right. But from a, I feel like from a digestive standpoint, those four ways are really 
okay, I can do that. You know what I mean? It's, it's not full of like, do this, do that, do this, do that, do that. No, we can do this at, every, at any given moment all throughout our day. We don't necessarily have to like sit down and journal for three hours and unpack all of this. You know, no, it doesn't have to be painful. It can just be, oh, I'm going to the refrigerator and I'm about to drink something. Why am I drinking it? Or I'm I'm about to turn on the TV and watch something how connected do I feel to, to what I'm watching? You know what I mean? Uh, so really coming to this place and just asking ourselves those questions and checking in um, all throughout the day, such a delicious way to bring that satisfaction and fulfillment now, now, now. Yes. You know, I have ADHD, so I love these like meditation bells mm. that are just hit random throughout the day. And that is one of the ways of like, oh, stop, check in with my body. <sighs> Take a deep breath. How connected do I feel? Do I need to drink some water? Oh, yeah. What am I doing right now? And just a, a, an awareness practice of what am I actually doing? It's, it's one of the little hacks that I've used. So good for, for just yeah. that. It's like, to remind myself every day in the middle of the day, randomly to just hack my psyche. Oh my God. So good. Yes. I, I do that too. When, um, like, I don't know, I I'm on social media a lot, just like I'm sure you, I, you know, with my podcast posting on Instagram, of course, with threads, you know? And so when I go to make a post, it's like, why am I making this? Is it because I truly feel like I have something to say and something to offer? Or is it because I feel like I need to post because that's what a business guru on Instagram says that I need to post every single day, like just becoming aware of these things? Hey, if I feel like I want to say something, then say it like that is so satisfying. But I, if I'm coming from this place of I need to, I have to, I should in order to uh, uh-uh. that's just icky. That is definitely not where satisfaction is. So yeah, I love these little check-ins. So good, Trish. Better loving through, better living through um, choice. You know, like how much of the time do we do things out of obligation? Do we stay with someone or do we go shopping or do we eat or we do we do these things out of obligation? And I love that, you know, I've, I've quit a couple jobs because I'm like, these people treat people like shit. <laughs> You're almost there without cussing. You're almost there. I'm going to do it again. These people treat the other people like baloney. And <laughs> my, my team's going to hack it out anyway. <sighs> Uh, yes. Why do these people? And I was like, no, 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 I can't actually, I can't actually participate in that right there because it doesn't feel right to me, like getting up and then I feel obligated to go to work. And then I feel like, like I'm participating in other people being treated poorly and it's just gets so, ah, you know, and And this is where we get to really live our values, right? So through self-love, through accepting ourselves and through checking in every day, like, why am I doing this? For what purpose? Like, why is this? But to actually really define and get into that is to really start looking at why 
we do what we do and what our values are and to really start aligning with people who are living our values. Like, I mean, you meet, you meet so many people in the world. I bet you meet so many people in the world. And some people are like, you're like instant, right? Connection. And then there's some people who are like, you are not living the values that I want to connect with like in this world. And, and I love that you're, you're working with some really powerful people also helping them really align with their values and their truth because we, we get, we get told that we're not allowed to do that. So I love the juicy bits there around fulfillment through living, living in our value system. Oh, you're great. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. I feel the same exact way about you and something I, that is just like screaming inside of me right now that I have to say is, you know, I am very blessed to work with a lot of authors, a lot of up and coming uh, fashion designers, uh, personal stylists, you know, the entrepreneurial, the creator uh, type of people truly being able to follow their calling and their desires as they please. And at the same time, I do work with a lot of people who are still in their corporate career or still in the traditional, the nine to five or whatever they have to do right now, even though it does not align with their values. And so I just want to say for those people watching that, yes, it, Yes, you quitting your job, there could be satisfaction and and fulfillment available for you. However, that is the easy way out. That is the easy way out. And it's also an easy way to do what I did, which is to quit your job thinking that your job is the problem and that when you get to the next season, you're going to feel satisfied, happy, full of joy. And then you get to the next season and you are repeating the same pattern and feeling the same way. And so for somebody who is in a job that may not align with their values, that may not bring them joy, if you can get to the place where you can feel satisfied and fulfilled now. Remember, nothing within you needs to change. Nothing outside of you needs to change. So how can you get there now? That is, if you could get to that place, woo, I've seen it before. I've seen it so before. I've actually seen it even. I've witnessed it. I am witnessing it in my husband. When you can get to the place of that, that's when you become unshakable, unstoppable. Nothing can sway you. It doesn't matter if you happen to go into another job you don't like or you're around people that do not, that you do not necessarily naturally jive with. You know, you are solid within. You love yourself within. You love your life within. So Trisha was just screaming at me to add that on there. Yes. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, that's, that's the whole reason for the show is that you could just get to share, share what is inspired from your heart, from your soul. And I, I would love to hear a little bit about how you do that. Tell us about your podcast. Tell us about your work. What can they, what can they find on your Instagram? Like, let us know. Oh my goodness, such a beautiful question. Yeah, so first thing that you mentioned is the podcast. My podcast is called Seeing Your Inner Brilliance and the premise behind it is to normalize our big dreams and normalize the crazy things that we want to do in this world because we do not, you know, our society, our family, our friends, they don't naturally support us. And so it's really important for us to 
integrate that and normalize that within ourselves and feel connected to the more that we feel called to first and foremost. And then the second premise behind seeing your inner brilliance is normalizing the inner struggles and challenges and portals that come up inevitably when we are on the path of doing what we're called to do when we're going after our dreams. There are lies, patterns, old belief systems, upper limits that we need to rise above and to to grow out of. And, And it's beautiful. However, there can also be an undertone of shame around that. And so that's another key component of seeing your inner brilliance. Uh, Your second point of my Instagram, what you could see on my Instagram. Well, I'll just tell you this way. Any given moment, you will see me riff just like I am right now, totally in my element. The psychology is just flowing outside of me. And you can also see myself uh, doing kitchen dance parties and having fun and being crazy and fully embracing that side of me as well. So that's my Instagram. And then as far as how uh, you can connect with me further on a program level, I will just say that I, you are fully supported. If you are fully supported when you come into my world. So no matter where you are on your self-worth and confidence journey in regards to getting to where you want to go and being who you want to be, you are fully supported. I think you're muted. There you go. <laughs> I <wasn't muted. laughs> um, you sound like a best friend, someone who's just like, they're supporting and like hand on the back and I've got you. Um, I've got so you. That's so sweet. Well, I'm going to check out everything. Um, and I'm really excited to have had you on the show today because I think that your message is, is incredibly powerful mm. to, to really help people be who they are and be fulfilled in that. And it's, it's an incredibly powerful gift that you offer. Cue those waterworks, baby. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for recognizing that within me. Thank you for uh, allowing me to come into your space and the space that you and Don have so beautifully and amazingly created for us to love ourselves. And I'm sure you can't, you know, you can tell that I am completely biased in how important that is for not only who we are, but the people around us and the world. So you guys... Hats off to you, like just truly amazing work that you're doing. Well, um, I don't know if you knew, but so this, this show came out of the pandemic, you know, there was a moment where I just recognized that everyone had lost their, their livelihoods and probably their therapists and their coaches and people. And I had a friend who was murdered by her partner at the beginning of COVID. So I was like, people need help here. And, and it was, well, what else am I doing? And luckily we had a project that we were working on for two years where we were in lockdown, like a project of, of the heart. And now neither of us will ever like, this is where we get to ground in every week and have an amazing guest on who is also committed to self-love in the world. And this is how we we like create the mycelial network of self-love and loving other people. Like this is it. 
and and thank you for your appreciation and of that. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I would like to thank you to Love Coach Academy, Scott Katamas, Sign Network, Global Peace Tribe, and let's twinkle Dawn Light because she's not on today. <laughs> Um, and I'd also like to just shout out to Roy and Russell for being just like the most stunning, amazing support and assistance that a team could all ever have, you know, like you all are amazing. And Charlsey, thank you for, yeah, thank you for your commitment to self-love and for your honesty and your vibrancy and your just delightness, like, and yeah, bringing it all. And thank you for saying yes to a random invitation to be on the show with, with a couple wild beings. You're so welcome. I love random and I love wild. So that's anywhere that is, is where I am probably. Because <laughs> I'm going to have a call. <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> I'll see you soon. <laughs> it, it's funny to say that because I've, I've often joked that I'm just a wild animal. So people will ask me, like, why don't you drink? And I'm like, well, because I'm, so, I'm completely sober now. And, um, and I'm like, I'm just a wild animal. And I don't need all of that other things to be a wild animal. I'm living my life in the the most vibrant yes and no when I need to say no ways that I I can. So, Trish, can I say something before we go really quick? This is the first place I have publicly shared this, but I am one year and two days uh, alcohol free. No drinking. No drinking one year and two days. So yes, I can fully, yes, high five to you as well. The absolute best decision I ever made in my life. Even, you know, there doesn't have to be a problem for us to change things and shift things. And even as someone who, I don't know, maybe I would have a glass of wine a week or something like that, but just that shift has really allowed me to, not only love who I am as I am with my energy, you know, how I'm feeling in that day, but then bring the fullness of who I am into that world, into this world. And yeah, it's fun just being wild, your wild self, you know, alcohol, drug free, like everything free. It's good. It's good. So um, yeah, kudos to you, Trish. Congratulations as well. Thank you. The thing that I, you know, I, I also just stopped because I just, I like the clear headedness and the, like, I like to go out to bars still. I like to go and have mocktails. I like to do all of those things. And I don't have a hangover. I can stay up late too. A cup of, a cup of green tea and I'll just be up with everybody else. You know, it's, Mm. it's just a really, let me ask you a question. Okay. How does your mind and your body feel? Amazing. Amazing. So clean, so clear, so just consistent. Yes. Consistent. If um, if I wake up and my body's off, I know exactly why. Likely because I need to drink more water. Um, and, 
Yeah. So, so clean and so clear. And I love, all right. So you mentioned mocktails. One of the things I love doing is drinking water in a wine glass at nine o'clock in the morning, because you cannot drink an actual drink by yourself at nine o'clock in the morning, unless you're going to be stereotyped as an alcoholic, right? But you can't drink water in a wine glass at nine o'clock. I would not want to drink wine at nine o'clock in the morning anyways. But um, yeah, that's just, it's, you you love mocktails. I love water in a wine glass. I love it. I love this so much. <laughs> well, it sounds like <laughs> sounds like we have a lot to chat about. And thank you again for being here and for doing your work in the world. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. And for all of you here, you can find us same time, same place next week. I'll see you there.